behind the scenes, but all is well. I've been busy with work and promotion and learning a new job and uh, that's that's a job in itself, learning a new job. So I'll just leave it at that and just been um getting it done. Serving the Lord and <laughs> walking the walk. All right, all right. Well, of course, I knew those things, but I'm so glad you were willing to share that with our listeners so that they can hear your voice, too. Um, As always, please feel free to chime in. If there's anything that strikes you and you want to comment, just say, hey, I want to comment on that, and we'll do it, okay? Okie dokie. All righty. So, people... As always, today is a day that God has made. Regardless to what's going on, this is yet another day that God has designed, purpose, and intended. If you are still living, if you're listening, then you were meant to be here in this hour. You were meant to be here in this season of history And there is a reason for your existence beyond the 8-hour, 10-hour, 12-hour grind, whichever of those you may find yourself in. There is a reason for your existence um, even beyond your family, although that is part of your purpose, um, but the main reason for your existence is that you will know the Lord, that you will um, glorify him through your existence, that your existence will be pleasing to him, that you will use your life and your life will be a light and a measure of hope for the next person. Because the more of us that do that, the less evil this world would truly be. And then at the end of that sacrifice, at the end of you giving your life to serve God, you actually gain, gain a reward beyond your imagination, beyond my imagination. The Bible says that eye has not seen and ear has not heard the things that God has prepared, is preparing for his people, for those that love him. So it will be beyond anything that we can fathom. So it is worth it. It is worth it. So I just want to drop a little bit of hope out there. I, I just I felt like somebody needed to know that tonight, that there is hope, that you can find hope, you know, are, are those of us that believe in God and believe in his son, Jesus Christ, and the plan of salvation, we have hope. We have hope for something greater than what this world has to offer. All right? So with that being said, let's see if I can tackle tonight's story. I have begun a series, a couple of uh, shows ago, um, and I would say like, what, last month, I don't even remember without checking when I did the first show, but I began a series 
and we have been tackling the traumatic issue of racism again. This time I'm doing it through a series of stories uh, of families that happen to be black families that either reside in or they have land in Texas and Louisiana, and they are all involved in a battle with a Texas oil and gas company by the name of Samson Resources, now number two. Um, Samson filed a Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the District of Delaware back in, um, let's see, two years ago, 2015. And these families have been in a fight during that bankruptcy and for literally years, for years, more than 60 years. So far, everyone that I've talked to, there has been at least 60 years. So this goes back generations, okay, generations where uh, the current families are now fighting to right the wrongs that were done to the, the earlier generation of family members. So tonight, I'm going to talk about the Pfizer family, uh, specifically a woman by the name of Anita Pfizer, I'm going to share her story to the best of my ability. Um, I was hoping to have her on as a guest. Um, That did not work out, but I talked to her on more than one occasion, and she definitely asked uh, that her story and wanted her story to be told. So here we go. Oil Company continues more than 60 years of racism, okay? Oil has been referred to as black gold. Some of y'all might be old enough to remember, you know, there was a there was a show that used to come on called, you know, called the Beverly Hillbillies, and they used to sing the song about black gold, uh, Texas tea, you know. <laughs> it was talking about the the oil, you know, which comes out of the ground spewing in a black color, but it's, uh, hey, it makes one rich. It makes one rich. So people refer to it as black gold, okay? Um, let me see. I lost my, because my, uh, I was talking kind of off the cuff and off the top of my head, but um, I want to go back to my notes here, and I want to say that, Although these stories um, are tragic in some ways, in in a lot of ways, I want to remind you that uh, tragedy, tragedy only reminds us that we are not going to be around forever. You know, there's been a lot of tragedy going on in the world here lately. I mean, things have increased. Things have sped up. Back to back, there's one calamity after the other. But tragedy, just like in these people's cases, they were cheated, they were frauded, there was murders, there was um, theft, there was, uh, in some cases, I'm sure, rape, um, pillaging, you name it, it happened. But tragedy, tragedy 
can serve a good purpose. It can remind us of our um, finite lives. You know, in other words, that life is only but a vapor, you know, and we have a short, a limited amount of time to make the most of life. And some people think that they can get away with things in this life, and therefore they've gotten away with it for good. But I assure you that that is not true. There is an exacting of accounts that all of us must face, and I will continue this after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness, to create soldiers for the army of the Lord, and to impact our communities. We are home-based in Waldorf, Maryland. If you would like more information, you may email us at etsministriesinc at gmail.com or write to us at ETS Post Office Box 72, Waldorf, Maryland, 20602. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls and we can make information available to you by email. E-T-S The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, physical abuse, abandonment, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived traumas such as molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may find themselves in Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, amazon.com, or any of the major bookstores. The Story of Me. I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. All right, people. I was talking about tragedy. I was talking about the fact that tragedy can serve a good purpose. It does remind us that we are um, finite in terms of the natural realm. 
we will live forever, though. We will live forever. And some of us will have good deeds, you know, that God will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy that I have prepared for you and others (laughs) will be cast into outer darkness because of the evil that they've done and because they rejected the plan of salvation. Tonight's story is about that type of evil. Tonight's story is about the evil that some people, many people, will be held accountable for. As I was saying before the break, sometimes it seems as though people get away with evil because they go their whole life and they seem to benefit from that evil in terms of maybe riches, in terms of dollar signs, you know, in terms of living a life of so-called luxury. But I can assure you that even in that lifetime, those people have faced their own share of, um, um, of hardships. But if they did not, if they did not, you can be assured that in the next life, in, in the life after this life, they will stand before judgment. They will give account of those evil deeds, and they will be eternally separated from the Lord and spend eternity in torment. Okay? So here we go. I continue my series about Samson Resources. Why? Because this company has blood on their hands. Because they are partakers. They are partakers in others' sins. Did you know that you can be a partaker in someone else's sins? And they continue more than 60 years of racism and oppression against blacks in Texas and Louisiana. Am I only concerned about the fact that these are black people? Absolutely not. They just happen to be black in this scenario. But racism, oppression, or racism is the same thing as oppression. In biblical terms, racism is the same thing as respect of persons. Um, Favoring one culture, race, or people over another for your own benefit. It's wrong and it's evil regardless to who it's perpetrated against. In this situation, like I said, these just happen to be black people. So Miss Anita Pfizer is someone that I learned about um, Around April of 22-2017, I got to speak with Anita. Um, I saw her documents on the court, um, on the bankruptcy website. That site is called uh, the Garden City Group, GCG, um, Samson Resources Bankruptcy website. So if you type in, I usually type in GCG, Samson bankruptcy, and it comes up. Okay, so you can find these documents that I'm going to share with you on that website. So let me read to you uh, what their situation is from docket number 2179. This was filed in March of 2717. So I spoke with her after this, and um, 
she and quite a few of her family members, I actually didn't remember to count. Uh, well, maybe I did. I think I do have a count here. Hold on, hold on. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. About nine of them is what I count. Hers is docket number 2179. And she says, notice of motion slash objection. So um, to give you a little bit more of a background, Samson, this family filed a proof of claim in the Chapter 11 bankruptcy. They filed a claim stating that Samson owed them uh, money. And I'm looking at the claim as it was registered. And um, it says, it looks here like they said, uh, total claimed amount is $2 million, unliquidated. Okay, so they filed a proof of claim, and they filed it November 16 of 2015. And then Samson, um, several years later, objected to their proof of claim. And this is Anita Pfizer responding to that objection. Now she's objection, objecting to Samson's objection. <laughs> Number one, she says, not allow the debtors to modify, expunge, or disallow my claim in its entirety, nor should they be allowed to reclassify my claims to a general unsecured claim, unless it is to the benefit to myself and of my claim, and pursuant to Bankruptcy Code 11 U.S.C., uh, looks like 3101, giving way to the right to an equitable remedy. It says, number two, Samson Resources Corp. et al. Objection to my claim is not valid because it is an attempt to hide under the umbrella of bankruptcy, quote, write-off, quote, i.e., sweep under the rug, in parentheses, the debts owed to myself and to the thousands of other royalty interest land and shareholders continued. See Exhibit A. Well, on Exhibit A, page one of two, it says, for over three generations, this property has been in my family. I think that counts for the 60 years I was referring to. And for over three generations, Samson Resources Corporation and or its affiliates has extracted millions of dollars worth of hydrocarbons, and natural gas, not only from my property located in the state of Louisiana, but also from the other claimants' properties that surround mine. In the end, and over all these years, only to have paid us pennies on the dollar. That sounds familiar to me. Sounds familiar like um, Mr. Williams's family's story. Okay, uh, let me see. She goes on to say, um, let me skip down a paragraph or two. Uh, these, let's see, uh, document 2060 of this bankruptcy case sums it up exactly. Um, I should say document 2060 is Samson's objection to their claims. So if you look that up and you plug in that docket number, you'll see Samson's response to this. <laughs> so she says, um, docket 
2060 of this bankruptcy sums the case up exactly and admittedly the last sentence of paragraph 17 on page 7 states the minuscule payments received by these claimants defeat the argument that their royalty interests are worth millions of dollars. So according to document 2060 of the bankruptcy case, the fact is made clear as a conglomerate, these royalty interests are or were worth millions of dollars. So she's saying that Samson is trying to say that their claim is not worth millions of dollars, but based on the statement that they included in their objection, she's saying that proves that their claim is worth millions of dollars. You'd probably have to read it yourself to kind of really fully get it because I've had to study these documents, okay? So then she goes on to say, the debtors have examined the gross revenue generated by each well related to the other disputed claims. And I should tell you that we are talking about a total of 14 wells, because on page four, it, she lists the royalty percentage of each of the following properties. Well, number one, Crichton. Number two, Burson. Number three, Burson. Number four, Alford. Number five, Burton. Number six, Beatty. Number seven, Crichton two. Number eight, Roberts. Number nine, Roberts et al., uh, number 10, Beatty again, number 2. Number 11, Crichton, number 3. 12, Crichton, number 4. 13, number 2. And 14, Roberts et al., number 3. So we're talking about 14 wells here. Okay? So she says, to wit, paragraph 32 of 14, the debtors have examined the gross revenue generated by each well. Okay, and then it says, in the time period between the first quarter, 2014, and the fourth quarter, 2016, in other words, um, they responded and made a remark only regarding those two years, 2014 to 2016. And they said that the revenue generated by the wells totaled $21,361,896. So... Two one comma three six one comma eight nine six dollars. So she's arguing that <laughs> they even say that the wells generated this amount of money. Okay. So she says, I reiterate that for three generations, these properties have been in my family, not just for a few quarters. So why are they trying to sum up the last two quarters or the last two years to respond to this situation? She says her claim is backed by a security interest in the property, but Samson Resources Corporation and or its affiliates has continued to give us the minuscule payments mentioned. So now she goes on to say, and it looks like uh, I'm getting, ah, yep, I'm coming up on a break, people, so you got to hold on, <laughs> okay? All right. Bye-bye. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. <laughs> 
nurse. This narrative is about the struggles of being a black woman and a black professional in a society bound with racial and gender bias. She has hopes, dreams, needs, a purpose, and aspirations, but faces constant opposition to fulfilling these basic human requirements. Like so many people of color before her, she achieves some measure of success, but her success is minor compared to what she must do to achieve it. It's time for a change. Get your copy today from authorhouse.com, this show's host page, or any major book retailer like Amazon.com. A black nurse. <laughs> I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people, this is me, Miss Diane. I am sipping my tea. I forgot to invite you all to join me. I am sipping my cola nut, um, my tea from Jamaica, man. So if you haven't got yours, hold on to the next break and get you some, okay, so you can hear me out. So back to my story. I was telling you about uh, Miss Anita Pfizer's battle with Samson Resources 2, and I'm going to pick up here. Um, on document uh, Exhibit A, document 2179. So she goes on to mention that, um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Albeit the amount of the claim of 10 million and 20 million, that would be like her family members all combined, uh, may be a bit astronomical, but remains arbitrary. Nonetheless, pursuant to Section 502, uh, the bankruptcy code, she says that, you know, the courts should be able to help them to determine the amount of the the claim, um, that it's the court's job to help them determine the amount of what they should be paid after notice of hearing, after reviewing the matter, that they should be able to tell them, yes, this is what you should be paid, okay? So then... Um, uh, it, the document goes on to say that the debtors knew they were headed into bankruptcy in 2016, if not in, in I'm sorry, in 2015. Well, let's see, she says in 2016, if not 2015. They filed in 2015. So I think I know what she's trying to say here. They knew that they were headed to bankruptcy, okay? Thus, the liquidation of the royalty interest holders was in implemented. So the fraudulent transfer of the related wealth to 31 Group. So what she's referring to is a comment that the debtors made in their document, which they state, 
August 28, 2014, um, they give some dollar amounts, and they say, furthermore, according to the debtor's records, the wells related to the respective royalty interests were purchased by a buyer, the 31 group, which closed on March 29, 2016. So during this bankruptcy, uh, Samson petitioned the court to be able to sell certain assets. And uh, some of their well, these wells, uh, Samson says that these wells were sold to someone else, the 31 group, and it closed on March 29, 2016. So I have seen the pattern when I've been researching these cases because it was a similar situation with Mr. Williams, that um, the oil companies involved, they seem to tie up the landowner, you know, for years in a battle, just trying to figure out uh, what they owe them, if they owe them anything. Uh, some of these families um, didn't even know about these wells uh, or this property until their people, their older people, passed away or until Samson just suddenly reached out to them. In this case, let me give you some, some background on this specific case. Um, well, let me finish that thought, though. First, they tie them up with these battles, okay, for, for for a long time, you know, for years. And then when you get a little bit too close to figuring out what is exactly going on, <laughs> they either go into bankruptcy, because Samson has done this more than once. They've been, they've been uh, operating under different names, and I didn't even think to list some of those names, which I do have them. They've operated under different names. Or they sell the wells to another company so that the family can start all over trying to get in touch with or get to the bottom of the situation with the new oil company. We're talking about black gold here tonight, and black gold makes people greedy, and they will do whatever to have it. Uh, the Temptations wrote a song about it, money, money, money. Money. Some people got to have it. Some people really need it. Do things, do things, bad things with it. Okay, so now let me get back to... That was the old days. Oh, <laughs> thank you, baby. <laughs> I hope I was. I could say something that would get you to weigh in. You're right. That was the old days. <laughs> Some people got to have it. That's right. I used to... I used to as they used to say back in the 70s, I used to dig that song. No. <laughs> Anything else you want to say? No, I'm listening. Okay, okay. So let me get back to Ms. Pfizer's story. You know, while the, while, the comp- while the family is trying to figure out the circumstances, the company is making bank, okay? They're making dollars. They're making millions of dollars, to be specific, $98 million a month just prior to filing bankruptcy, okay? So when I saw these documents, it piqued my curiosity. I contacted Mrs. Pfizer, and she gave me more of the inside scoop, uh, more than the documents, more than what I just read to you. She tells me that her story does go back for, uh, indeed, generations, uh, and she tells me how one of her family members uh, was the original owner of the land. I believe that she told me it was her uncle. 
Miss Anita, please forgive me if I've named the wrong family member, but I believe she said that it was her uncle. And um, he tried for years to resolve the issues with Samson. He, he was involved in an active fight to get paid. Um, there was a dispute about the royalties, obviously, at least, at minimum, there was a dispute about the royalties. Um, the rest of the details, uh, I didn't get. But there was a dispute about that, and he fought, and he fought. She said that he was so engrossed in the case, and he was an older man, that, um, in her words, this just consumed him. This consumed him, and she said that it killed him. She felt like it killed him because he was just that stressed out about it, that that um, determined to try to fix it, you know, to try to get justice, but it just consumed him. So she and her family took up the fight after he passed. They um, consulted lawyers. She said they, they hired different lawyers. They were not wealthy um they were a family that that was also struggling and some of them are still struggling today um but they hired different lawyers um she said she found out real soon that the lawyers um will take your money that uh some of them are not competent you know everybody thinks that oh the answer to your problem is to get a lawyer well that doesn't even work sometimes because the lawyers don't want to get into this fight when they know who they're up against because it's the good old boys club out there, okay? And it's ruthless and it's dirty and they don't want to be blackballed. They don't want to lose business. Um, I've, even, I've even been told by other sources that these oil companies will pay off lawyers they will pay them off to not take your case. They will pay off other parties that are involved in the oil and gas industry, like land uh, landmen and people that do the surveys. Uh, what is what's the other word I'm looking for? Um, the people that, that own the abstract companies. Um, when you're trying to find information or get information, they will buy people off. You know, and people just suddenly disappear and don't call you back. Or some of them will be actually honest with you and just tell you, hey, they're paying me more. But anyway, she said to me that they hired lawyers and um, that for various reasons that didn't work. That didn't work. They were conned by some lawyers. They were disappointed by some lawyers, but it just it didn't work. Um, what others have told me is that the lawyers will look at the documents and they will say, oh, well, it's all perfectly legal. has nothing to do with it being just or with it being righteous or morally correct, but it's all perfectly legal. So in, in many of these cases, um, these laws that were put in place were put in place to protect the oil and gas companies you know, to benefit them, and they are what I call Jim Crow-type laws because they took advantage of the people's lack of knowledge, their lack of resources, their inability to fight, forced contracts on them that were 
unfair and unreasonable, and that's just the way it was. Just the way it was. So she said they fought for years and got nowhere, and then the communication just kind of went cold. There was no more communication between them and between Samson, and so things just were silent for a period of time. Then, out of nowhere, they get a an offer from Samson, in which Samson then offers to buy their land. And, again, I apologize because... Um, I did not write down, and I do not remember specifically how much land it was. I want to say that it was about 40 acres of land, but don't quote me on that. But Samson now decides, we're going to stonewall. We stonewalled you all these years. But now we want your land, this land that was supposedly (laughs) not worth anything. Now Samson wants to buy their land, and she said, they had the nerve to send them an offer for something in the tune, to the tune of around $600 or some minuscule amount. Again, um, normally I take very good notes, and um, I searched for my notes, and I could not find my notes. So I apologize if I'm off there just a wee bit, but I know it's not much. It was less than $1,000, Okay. And she said, needless to say, they were furious. They were furious, and they did not accept that offer. Another tactic that the companies seem to use, wear you out. Wear you out, make it difficult for you um, so that you can't get anything from the use of your land. Now, they could not produce not one ounce of oil. They could not produce. This gas, they couldn't sell it without the land. Hold on, more after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Millions of people are sexually abused each and every day. Not just by rape, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? Can a sex offender be healed from abusing others? Find answers to these and other questions in the pages of Overcoming Sexual Abuse by Minister Diane Jones. Available online at authorhouse.com. This show's host page, amazon.com and any major bookstore overcoming sexual abuse. This is the Tokinet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. Is there more 
more living for you to do. Yes, start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep at the topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, Trisha Goyer, that's G-O-Y-E-R dot com. Trisha's vision is to be a voice of hope and possibility for teenage girls, pregnant teens, mothers, and wives. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. All right, people. I am talking about racism. I am talking about greed. And I am talking about Samson Resources number two, the Pfizer story. So as I was saying, um, yeah, after all this time and all this struggle, then Samson finally offers to buy their land from them. This seems to be a tactic that they use. Wear the family out. Wear the landowner out. Use their land abuse their land, the family can't do much with the land once, once you start drilling on it and you, you put your rigs and your equipment and everything on there. So use the land to their advantage. They get paid. They make sure that they get paid, but it's set up, so, set up and in, in designed in a way so that the uh, landowner gets pennies. Okay. And then the family does finally, some families just finally say, you know what, it's not worth the hassle. I want to get something out of it. So they give up their land also for, for pennies compared to what Samson is making off of it. Okay? Just so happens that the Pfizer's refused, and they are still fighting this battle. Okay? She went on to tell me that she has an auntie who is the oldest living relative in the family, and she was um, in her 90s, interestingly still sharp and and, um, has clarity of thought and mind, and uh, she knew some of the background and knows the most background and the horror stories that um, go back for generations. The... um, abuse and the traumas that were suffered by her family. And um, she wanted to go to court to help fight this battle in the District of Delaware, but um, they couldn't, couldn't, couldn't even afford to make the trip, and they couldn't afford to take her and, you know, and, and, and make the trip because 
as I said before, you got to have dollars. You got to have cheddar. You got to. You have to already have money to be able to fight these kinds of battles. Okay. So um, I wanted to do what I could to help. To help this cause for whatever it's worth, I'm sharing their story. If it will help in any way, I want people to know that this injustice is still going on. This is not something from the past. People get tired of hearing some of some of the race issues. People get tired of hearing it. They keep saying, you know, that's in the past. You know, people should get over it. Well, there's some truth to that and there's some some misconception about that because this is a story that is still going on and Samson Resources is benefiting from the injustices and continuing to be unjust. The reason I say that is because they have the means to renegotiate a lease. It's within their power to do that. They have the means to renegotiate a lease, to renegotiate the royalties, to make this family whole, but they care not to. Why? Because they say it's perfectly legal. So I say may not be, it may be legal, but that doesn't make it right, and it doesn't make it just. And, and they don't realize, what people do not realize is that your very sins and your very evils and your very actions can be visited upon your generations, on your children to come. If the world exists long enough, your generations can, can still suffer the consequences for your actions. We do reap what we sow, people. We really do. Um, that's the Pfizer story. So if you want to help, in some way, if you want to contribute funds, if you have legal expertise, if you want to represent them pro bono, they are waiting, excuse me, they are waiting for um, a final response because they objected to Samson's objection. And um, last I knew there is a hearing scheduled for, I believe, December, I want to say, well, I won't say the date, but sometime in December, because I don't know. <laughs> Let's just say it's in December. Um, so when I spoke to her last, she said they're waiting to see what the outcome is going to be. So, hey, there it is. And um, if anybody is curious, uh, uh, Mr. Calvin Williams has had uh, some movement in his case regarding his family's appeal, his appeal, Um in the appeals court, his appeal was uh, dismissed, and they they um, cited Rule 8002, I believe it was, and said that it was um, untimely, that it was filed late. Now, mind you, they did this after telling him that it was accepted. After verbally telling him and notifying him and letting him know that his appeal had been processed, and actually after putting him through the appeals process, after him going through four months of the process, completing all the assigned briefs and correspondence that he was supposed to do, then they came back and 
sent him a notice telling him that his appeal had been filed too late and therefore the judge had no jurisdiction to address it. Talk about crazy. Talk about crazy. What sense does that make? What sense does it make? Well, turns out that it didn't make sense because um, he fought that. He fought that. He filed a motion to reconsider, and he cited another rule. And uh, in that rule, it allowed for him an additional three days because he mailed in his appeal, and it allowed for additional three days, and um, therefore his appeal was not filed late. It was filed timely because of that allowance. And they still did not respond to his request for reconsideration. I believe uh, about a month went by and he didn't get a response. So then he got frustrated and said, well, I'm going to go to the FBI. And he contacted the FBI task force about his situation, and they told him to notify the court again of the rule and his, you know, his complaint. And if the court did not reply, they would get involved. And guess what? Voila! Within a day, within one or two days, they actually responded and reinstated his appeal. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? And I say, this is my observation, that if if there was no rule to stand on, that they would not have reinstated his appeal regardless to what he threatened. But there was a rule, and I assure you that I'm sure that they knew that rule, and I'm sure that Samson's attorneys knew that rule. But if he hadn't have fought for it, they would have, they would have erroneously, wrongfully, just dismissed his appeal after telling him that it was accepted and after processing it. So there is hope. There is hope. The fight continues for justice. I believe, and I'm standing on the promise, that God will exact this account and accounts like it. I cited, I believe, in my last story, Psalm 59, I'm sorry, 58. I guess I must be a little rusty tonight. <laughs> Psalm 58, in which I read the whole chapter, but this time I will read the end of the chapter. And it says, in verse 9, he shall take them away as with a whirlwind, both living and in his wrath. He's talking about the wicked. He's talking about the evil ones. The righteous shall rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked, so that a man shall say, Verily, there is a reward for the righteous. Sometimes it feels like the fight is too much and the battle is too long and that there is no reward. Sometimes a generation does live and die before justice is seen. But 
Psalms 58.11 says, so that a man shall say, verily, there is a reward for the righteous. Verily, he is a God that judges in the earth. So trouble doesn't last always. Ecclesiastes tells us that there is a time for peace. There is a time for war. There is a time to mourn. There's a time to rejoice. There is a time to pluck up, and there is a time to plant. It goes on to let us know that there are seasons for everything and every purpose under the sun. So you can write to us at etsministriesinc at gmail.com if you'd like to get in touch with Anita Pfizer. That's how you can reach us, and I'm sure she'd love and appreciate your help. I meant to ask if there was any callers who wanted to question me tonight, but we're out of time, so until next time. Stay prayerful. If you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, ask Him into your heart. Ask Him to forgive your sins, and you can reap the rewards of his blessings and his eternal life. Good night. Bye.